Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Laundry. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Today we have another ripper episode for you guys. We have Emma Abrahamson. She is the OG college runner vlogger. And now she's making her journey into triathlon. She's always been a great role model for kind of women in sport. And that's something that we like to highlight on this podcast. You know, as, as three dudes, it's hard for us to provide perspective in that sense. So we try to do what we can and bring some great female role models to you. So without further ado, we're going to roll into this episode. So today we have... Emma Abrahamson. Am I, am I pronouncing that right? Yes, you are. I'm impressed. Honestly, not that many people can pronounce it correctly the first time. So I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining us. Uh, obviously, you're a famous YouTuber. I think you got like 70,000. <laughs> famous. <000. laughs> famous. World I wouldn't famous say man. famous, but. Yeah. I would say definitely in that you're definitely the OG YouTuber when it comes to vlogging as like a college runner, you know, now we have like the Zach Levitz, the athlete specials and whatnot, but like you kind of started that, that and you like kicked that all off. I think it's thanks to you that we have them on YouTube. You probably motivated them to do it or like lay down. Yeah. There you go. Floss a little bit. <laughs> I was talking um, to Spencer, the athlete special the other day, and I think we kind of motivated each other because I had seen his stuff a little bit like a couple of my high school teammates went to Georgetown or like I knew people that went to Georgetown so I started watching his videos and then he kind of I don't know he said that I motivated him to keep doing it I don't know it's just a weird little world that we have but it's cool to see yeah, it wasn't right? even competition it was more like we were both pretty small I mean at the start so it was funny I remember the first time we met was at like a cross-country race and it was like just funny like collaboration we were both like with our teams and had our cameras it was so weird back in 2017 just getting things going. <laughs> is that when you started your YouTube was back in 2017? Yep. Back in 2017. It was, I was going into my senior year of college. So I wish I'd started earlier, but yeah. What when you motivated you to start that channel? Um, I, I don't know. I was really bored in Eugene where I went to school at university of Oregon. Um, I was really bored. I was interning and like going to school over the summer, but other than that, there's not that much to do. My most of my teammates weren't even in town and I'm always been an active like watcher of YouTube. I feel like there's two types of people in the world, like people that don't keep up with anything YouTube or people that are fully like into the YouTube scene, like drama, yeah. whatever. And I was yep, always um, like, an, <laughs> I was always, that's like, yeah, <laughs> see, I was always an avid YouTube watcher. So I was like, you know what? I saw like Ryan Trahan, if you're familiar with him too, he was doing like running vlogs and the yeah, athlete special. And I was like, I think I'm going to start one just for fun. So then I did it and I ha would have never guessed that it would come to this point. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely a self-proclaimed YouTube nerd. Uh, I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. It's I think great. I really started when I was in high school and I just really got into like NCAA running and stuff. And that's when I came across your stuff that I watch on and off, but as well as your sister, who I know also it made a journey into triathlon for a bit. She did. I was going to be curious if you were going to ask about that, but yeah, she was a, I guess, professional triathlete for a little, a little bit in the CRP. So she was, she was making her way, you know, into the pro triathlon scene. 
little stint. <laughs> yeah, she did that. Um, the IT. I remember seeing her race in Florida. I saw Abrahamson on the jersey on the kit, and I was like, "Where do I know that from?" Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. I know. And then Ellie started her YouTube channel, and I was like, "Man." It's a whole YouTube family out here. You guys yeah. making millions yet or what? Yeah, we are. Actually, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. I, thought <laughs> I it was wish. Like, I know we should have capitalized on it. I don't know. Ellie and I have had so many life changes. I think it would have been hard to capitalize on any single point in time of our life. So, yeah. So, before we kind of pick up a little bit from each phase. Yeah. Before we get into like that triathlon, like where you're at now with triathlon, let's go back and let's go to like the start of the journey into of, of the triathlon journey or of just or what when you were born like <laughs> oh okay we're going way back 1996 yeah. baby <laughs> no like let's go back to your start just like your endurance sport career like how did it kind of kick off for you yeah so I started swimming actually first that was the first sport I got into I was I was actually just at home watching home videos of my parents like bringing me to swim practice and swim meets when I was four years old um, and so I was like doing these little swim meets, like, of course it was like 25 yards or whatever. Um, That's abuse. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny to watch. Honestly, there was like one clip of me doing backstroke, but I didn't know how to do it yet. And I just like held my hands up in a streamline without like, um, what is this called? Paddling? I don't know. Um, and I just did that the entire, <laughs> the entire 25 yards and got stuck halfway through. So I think it took me two minutes to get across, but I was four. So and that's Anyways. basically where every triathlete is at with backstroke. So yeah, that's my so, PR two minutes. Yeah. Honestly, I think it is mine too. I think I never got better. <laughs> um, but that's like kind of where the endurance stuff started. And then from swimming, I kind of got into the youth triathlon scene. So I don't really know what brought that on. I don't know if another family like on our swim club was doing it, but my whole family ended up doing little youth triathlons. Like the USAT age group nationals and the iron kid series that was back in like 2005, 2006. And also at the time I was like doing little running races in my hometown. I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the Carlsbad 5,000, but it's like a big, oh, yeah. yeah. So there was like the junior Carlsbad the day before, which was like little mile races. And we ended up getting recruited basically by our uh, running club team like our local San Diego Roadrunners. And so that's where my running journey started pretty much. So I guess I, I've been doing endurance sports ever since I could like do any sport. I haven't really tried that many other sports, honestly, because I'm just not very good at them. So once I like found swimming and running, I didn't really need to go beyond that, but that's where it started. Nice. Most people don't find endurance sport at a young age. So that was good that you found that. And most endurance athletes also aren't good at other sports. So good, good on you to find that. But so then you started running, when did you start running kind of competitively, like as a kid or not kind of till high school? No, I was, I was competitive as a kid. I was, I joined the club team when I was 11 and then that was the same time or no, when I was like nine and then at age 11, I quit swimming. So I was like swimming competitively. And then I quit swimming when I was 11 and joined the club team. And then it was just running competitively full time, but it was like a high, high level. Like we were going to nationals every year. We were like going to club practices in middle school. I had a personal trainer um, to help me what? with my running. So it was like, yeah. it was, a, it was a pretty high level from, from the get go. It paid off. You killed it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just proud of myself, I guess, for like lasting all the way until college. I feel like high school was a time of, 
me just trying to continuously beat like my 13 year old PRs. <laughs> just nice. because I mean, there's just so much that happens in high school. And I grew like so much that it was kind of hard to balance it all. I don't know, but I'm proud of myself for sticking with it and getting over the hump, I guess. And not burning out like everybody else I've ever talked to who's done anything that long. They're like, yeah. oh man, I'm like 40 pounds overweight and I can't even think about a pool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how I burnt out. I mean, or how I didn't burn out because it might, I mean, I've always had a pretty good head on my shoulders. So that probably had to do with it. Like I never got too nervous when I was younger. I never really overstressed about it. So that was probably one of the reasons. And so how is running it like a, historic university um like d1 program how was that yeah it was it was crazy i out of call or out of high school i never thought i would be running at oregon it just wasn't even really like i didn't really think it was an option and i ended up actually transferring to oregon so i went to vanderbilt for one semester also awesome yeah so anchor down uh, but then i ended up transferring in the middle of my freshman year to oregon and I was so nervous when I like showed up to campus. I thought I was in over my head because I was like a pretty good high school runner, but I wasn't like number one. Like the other girl that they had recruited was number one. She won Nike cross nationals multiple times, like just by far the best. And then there was me and I was the only other person in the class. And I was just so ready to get my butt kicked when I got there. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to get destroyed. And I did for a little bit. I will say I was getting dropped a bit, but it was like such a cool experience because I feel like I improved so much just by surrounding myself with such good athletes. And I, I had a good team in high school too, but I think college really showed me the power of having fast teammates around you and a supportive team that like wants to do super well and the power in that. So yeah, it's just something I'm really grateful for and I'm glad I got the opportunity. It's, it was crazy though. It was wild. <laughs> Tell some stories about that. Come on. What was like, was, was it a hazing, shaming? No, support? there was no hazing. There was no hazing. Um, well, my favorite story is, so we won 2016 NCAA cross country and we went into it ranked 12th and the entire season, like we had been <laughs> really underperforming for what our team should have been doing on paper. Like we went into the season, I think ranked in the top five in the NCAA and we were getting like fourth at Pac-12s, fourth at regionals. At one point, I didn't even think we were going to make it to NCAAs, but then I don't know, like at NCAAs, it was in Terre Haute, Indiana. It was so, so windy and it was just like the worst weather I've ever run in in my life. And I don't know, my team that season was just so much, it was, there were so many different personalities and we were really serious, but we weren't also it was probably the most like easygoing team I had of the years I was at Oregon so when it came to race day and like the weather was really bad we kind of just took the opportunity and we were like joking before the race I don't know it was just crazy and then we ended up winning somehow and it's still like to this day just like talking to my teammates about it we still can't believe it because we had been doing so bad until that day I don't know it was just crazy and I feel like a lot of like random things like that happened during like everyone has their best day all at once somehow yeah same time. yes like in i mean that whole year they ended up like going on to win the triple crown so like they won i, I didn't go to indoor nationals or outdoor nationals that year for track but they ended up winning both of those too so everyone just kind of had the the best days possible on all three nationals which was crazy so wow 
So what was the training like in that environment? Like, I know some of these college programs are like completely chew people up or, you know, really make them into amazing runners. How did you find it um, at Oregon? Yeah. So that was one of the things I was really nervous about when I went into like in that winter season of my freshman year, I was like, I'm just going to die. Like I'm not a high mileage person. I was just really nervous for what to expect. Cause yeah, I think I thought Oregon, I'm like, Oh, it's going to be the hardest training in the entire world. And it was definitely hard. And I was like pushed to my limits, but it was more, more so smart than anything else. Like they really tuned you up to make you feel good on race day. And I never felt overworked. Like I never felt like I was overexerting myself and I had very minimal injuries, I think because of that. And yeah, that's the one takeaway I took from my time at Oregon is like the ability to feel good on race day is what makes all the difference. And it's you're like talented. You, uh, yeah. I mean, you have a, a very big group of talented people too, that helps. Um, but yeah, t- and tuning you up and making you feel confident on race day is one of the biggest things. So yeah, coming, Thanks. going right, or competing with the D1 program. So now they have triathlon in uh, NCAA. So I was wondering if you, maybe you learned anything from your time in a D1 program that you could maybe provide insight to for girls listening that are racing in D1 now, triathlon-wise? Yeah, so I mean... I knew that there was like a triathlon scene kind of growing in the NCAA, but when did you, when did that start like happening or when did it become an official NCAA sport? You know, I think it was about two Probably while you were there. Yeah. And I think it was more than that. Yeah. They because yeah. they have until I'm, 2025 to get 60 teams or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I remember Ellie was, my sister was thinking about that because she was competing in like triathlons in high school too. So she was like thinking to go that route, but I would say, um, if you're like looking to go into college, like D1 athletics, D1 triathlon, definitely get a feel for the team and like how your teammates are, because that's the people that you're going to spend the most time with. And I feel like it kind of makes your entire college experience. Like even if you have the best facilities, the best coaches or whatever, like if you don't have a supportive team or your teammates aren't happy, I don't know. I feel like that makes all the difference. And just kind of seeing like how, they're reacting to the training, like how they're performing, are there injuries? Are there like, how do they deal with mental health issues? There's just so many things that you kind of have to go into that I feel like just goes beyond like the looks of it, I guess. I don't know, or what it's like on paper. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's what clicky my at all? Is. Um, Our team was really small actually. So we only had about 12 to 15 girls on the team on the distance side. So I wouldn't say it was clicky. I mean, I had better friends than other people on the team, but I feel like it was so small. Like there was no, you couldn't really be clicky. (laughs) No, it was just one group. And like, I remember one of the years, like we only had six people like go to travel races because we didn't really have enough healthy people on the team. (laughs) People like well enough to, to compete in like the meets. So there was like not really any clicks, but there was definitely like, people I have better friendships with than others but you mean healthy like injury wise or yeah yeah yeah, like injury wise but yeah stress fractures and stuff um yeah we had like some stress fractures but some of them were overuse injuries like there wasn't anything that stuck out really it was just kind of like minor things here and there or people that like weren't confident enough to race didn't want to like travel I don't know my coaches were very my coaches were very 
helpful in that sort of thing. Like you could kind of decide what your racing schedule looks like. It was very individual. So I really liked that. That's good to hear. Cause a lot of you know, programs you hear about like huge amounts of pressure to perform and stuff. Like even here in, in Guelph, uh, there's been rumors of like really high pressure stuff. Yeah. Not that I know anything about that, but no, I think I read something about that and don't get me wrong. Like obviously there was a lot of pressure to perform at Oregon as well, but I did find that there was like a good balance of like, I mean, my coach really cared about all of us too. So it wasn't to the point of like detriment, but there was pressure on you, especially at the high level meets like Pac 12s, regionals, yeah. NCAAs. Like you're going for the gold, no oh, matter yeah. who you are. So but I hope you guys weren't facing the same pressure that some of the University of Guelph students were facing. No, of course yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we were. So, okay. So then you do your you finish your college running career. What happens then? You keep running for a bit. Do you move on to other things right away? So it's been a whirlwind, honestly, since I left college. So I actually left early. I left a term early. I graduated um, in March. So I could have stayed until the end of spring track season until June and just not have had school because um, you're allowed to do that. And then sort of like, because we were on quarters, so we could do that. Um, but I decided to leave early because I took a job with a track agent in Atlanta and I kind of wanted to just move on and start working. And I felt like I was at the point of getting like burnt out. Like I was kind of reaching my limit of racing at that time. And I, I have never taken a break longer than four weeks since I was like eight. So I feel like I, it was just kind of my time and I knew it was coming. So it was a really hard decision to leave early, but I knew it was the right time. And so I went to, I moved to Atlanta for four months and I ended up kind of running with Atlanta track club and I practiced with their elite team a little bit, but I don't think it was the best decision for me. Cause I feel like I didn't give myself enough time to take off and just mentally reset physically. I was fine, but mentally, I, I think I just needed more time off than I took. So then I left Atlanta, not for, not because of the running, but more so just like career wise, I needed to do something else. And then I took a long time off. I had to, heal my hormones. I had like hormonal issues. And again, I've never taken enough time off to kind of deal with that. And like every collegiate runner, I think, by the way, yeah. like, Oh, hormones, whack, cortisol, yeah. jacked. Yeah, exactly. So I had to take, I took like seven months completely off, not doing anything, just sitting and eating and like help Good trying to try. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it wasn't that hard. I think I needed it mentally and cheese, yep, ice cream uh, double yes uh, yeah california burritos every day it was it was a time <laughs> awesome. but then i mean i like i would say 2019 at the beginning i was like okay i kind of like want to like start getting back into it this has been a year basically since i graduated and i was just I, I got the opportunity to run the chicago marathon with nike and i was like okay i'll do it why not i i didn't really know what i was doing next and i was like okay i'll do it so i was training for that and I was starting basically from scratch. Um, and that kind of introduced me into like endurance sports again, I guess, because college I was a middle distance runner. I wasn't doing two hour long workouts, you know, but once I started training for the Chicago marathon, it, I also started cycling and cycling was always my weakest one when I was younger doing the youth triathlons. I, w I think I was scared of the bike. I had like a mental block over it, but I started cycling a lot and just basically ran the Chicago marathon for fun. It wasn't elite at all, but it was a good experience. And then 
I moved to Portland also. And I, yeah, at the beginning of this year, I just kind of was deciding what I wanted to do next. And I thought a little bit about like racing back on the track, but then I think like quarantine hit and I just kind of sat myself down. Like I'm sure a lot of other people have and (laughs) have been like, okay, what do I want to do now? And I guess like I, I just had an honest conversation with myself and I was like, I don't see myself racing on the track. Like I, I feel like I don't have anything else to prove kind of at this moment. So that's where I started thinking yeah. about like, do I want to become a marathoner? And with my build, I don't think I'm really made to be a marathoner. Like just having honest conversation with myself. I'm 5'11". Um, so, and like, I look like a middle distance runner. So I was like, okay, I don't really see myself becoming a marathoner, but I haven't dabbled in triathlon in a long time. And I do feel like I really, I really enjoy cycling and I do feel like I could get back in the pool after a long time off. And that's basically how it all came about. (laughs) The long answer, but. So this conversation with yourself, do you do it like in the mirror, like looking, is there, is there high fives? Um, You know, sometimes I have conversations with myself in the mirror, but that's like, (laughs) that's on a rare occasion like that's what it's like i really need to talk to myself you know no. that's when i need to cry at myself yeah basically that's what i'm having <laughs> mental breakdowns um no but this one was just i mean it was weeks of time of me just being like hey what do i want to do but well, no talking to myself just in the head I so you got the biking got swift immediately probably is that right so no i actually didn't get swift and i didn't get a trainer until i would say a month ago and it is game changer. I mean, I've always wanted one, but it's also the trainer is so expensive. And that's what I've learned. First, first off the bat, oh, yeah. triathlon is oh, man. so expensive. <laughs> and like, I knew it going into this, but I think I was just so used to running, which requires running shoes, which I basically was given all of college. I never had to pay for anything. So it's just a shock, you know, having to pay. Oh my God. You weren't even paying for dollars. running shoes? Well, okay. <laughs> I actually, okay, cheapest thing. That's like the cheapest part of travel. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> but since, since leaving or since starting this triathlon journey, I think I've spent, I've, I've spent $0 on running equipment and like $50 on swim equipment. Cause I already had some stuff and then at least three grand on bike equipment. And that's cheap because I already had a bike. Yeah, and, cheap. yeah, yeah so i'm really all good. on a budget right now and i'm i'm limiting myself to buying one thing a month so last month was the kicker oh, and nice. next month it's the the top of the line super bike oh i i do need a new bike i have a road it's bike christmas. i don't have i don't have a tt bike i know i'm like all right parents are you gonna give me a christmas present i want to pursue my dreams mom yeah Help come me. on no i need to get a wetsuit though that's the next purchase so yeah we got i I think between all of us we've got a few sitting around we could really good ones we could just ship on over your way yeah that sounds good you're a little taller than me so you're taller than all of us except garrick actually (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm used to it honestly (laughs) so how is the training going like it's i mean triathlon training is way different than running and i think most people who switch to triathlon prefer it some some don't but i personally like being able to work on different things and not always seeing progress in one area, but being so new again, new, do you see like pretty quick progress? And is that like really encouraging? Yeah. So since starting, I've really gone hard on the bike because the bike is the thing I needed the most help with 
growing up swimming, I have a good swimming background and running. Obviously I have that too, even though I'm not in like the best running shape right now, I know it will come back easily. So it's been a lot of time on the bike and I do really enjoy it. I love switching it up from running. I mean, and not doing 400 meter repeats every Friday. I like doing longer form exercise, but we are just now starting to get more into bike workouts which I realize are excruciating. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I'm coming different, to terms Different with type that. of pain. Yeah. yeah, definitely a different type of pain. But um, the running is like slowly coming back. I'm not putting too much pressure on myself, but it's like kind of starting to click again. For a while, it was me running 830 pace, which is so painfully slow compared to what I used to do. But I'm like trying my best to be patient with myself and just let it come back naturally. Because yeah. I feel like in college, it's like all yeah. forcing, like for, forcing fitness because you have to race this weekend all yeah. year round. Um, no, no, you'll, be, you'll bring it back quick, especially with the bike workouts and swimming because you only yeah. need, like a lot of pros even only do one run workout a week. Yeah. Um, and they just, their fitness just comes up. Yeah, I can already feel it coming back. Like I had two, two semi-hard workouts this past week and I was like running with my friends who run all the time. And like, I'm already feeling a lot better on the run. And the bike... I did some bike testing when I got my kicker because I don't have a power meter on my regular bike. Um, that's another thing I need to invest in. <laughs> but uh, I, when I got my kicker, I did some bike testing and we like tested for the FTP and stuff. I'm so new to learning about all the wattage stuff, but got to see that power curve. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what that means, but yep. <laughs> my coach yeah. tries to explain it to me and I'm like, yeah, I understand this. Uh, yeah. I was telling the guys because I watched your most recent video where you were talking and you were like talking about your FTP and I was like, Oh yeah, you know, she's starting out. She's probably, her FTP is probably gonna be like 200, you know, high one hundreds. And then you're just like, my FTP is like 274 Watts. I was like, what? So, so my coach, before we did the bike testing, I had like a workout that was FTP based. I don't know what they're called, but um, she was giving me like 10 minute intervals at my FTP or whatever. And it was 190. And I was doing these work and I did the workout and I was like, I feel like this is incorrect because my heart rate was like 139 as I was doing these intervals. I could like breathe through my nose. I wasn't even breathing through my mouth. I was like, I don't think this is correct. And then my coach was like so surprised when I did the bike testing. I think she just didn't know, but yeah, I don't know. Well, you obviously have a really strong aerobic engine and yeah, I mean, like you said you maybe don't have the body of a marathoner, but you look at all like the best Ironman athletes and usually the, especially on the women's side, they're a little bigger and stronger because the bike leg is so important. And yeah, um, changes every year too. It's like, you see, we saw like maybe five years ago where women were just like rail thin, but they would collapse a lot. And now they're like, Oh, we don't need to be so con- conscious about that. We can still be super strong. Yeah, that's why I feel like I'll fit I'll fit in well, not even just looks wise, but just like physically my body, I feel like we'll do better in sort of the more strength environment than in like, I don't know, running endurance. So yeah. So what are your what are your goals with triathlon? Like, obviously, you're keeping it pretty low pressure, but are you like hoping to go professional pretty, pretty soon or? Yeah, so it's I mean, this has been a completely like learning year 2020. And now with I'm getting more and more excited, especially after the bike testing. I was like, okay, I think I can actually do really well in this sport. And yeah, I'm now my coach and I are looking at races for next year. And I do want to get my pro card. It's just a matter of where that's going to happen and how I'm going to acquire yeah. it. Uh, and if things like 
uh, if races are happening and stuff, which I really hope they are. Uh, in like long term, I don't even really know yet. I don't really see myself going into ITU racing, but I'm not like completely no. putting it off the table. Don't do it. <laughs> it. It scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I watched the Hamburg IT racing race, the men's race. And I was like, the bike was just crazy. I don't know if I can see myself doing that. But again, I'm not saying never, but You we'll should at see. least try a couple. Everybody yeah. tries it, honestly. Okay. And it's like, I think most people kind of realize at a point like, okay, ITU is basically worth it if you're going to make the Olympics. And if you're not, then there's not really a whole lot in it for you. Like that's what your country's, if your country's sponsoring you, then that's worth it. Yeah. A lot of countries do pretty well with that. Um, but yeah, USA and Canada are pretty light on their funding. Just Um, the the racing style though, in general, it really forced you to develop as a more well-rounded athlete because it's so much more intense and so shorter and there's, and bike handling focus. Yeah. And there's such a huge focus on that swim bike handling that first five minutes of the bike and then like an all-out 5k is that's why i I feel like i could be good at it i mean me being a middle distance runner i feel like i have like intensity and stuff but the bike right now is frightening like watching that like you said the bike handling skills i have been on like three group rides in my life so i think i just need a little bit more practice but i'll try it three group rides all guys too so you know i'm just thrown into it and you dropped them per usual no okay they got like training with guys is crazy i don't know what you guys do it's so different than training with girls i feel like this happens no matter what endurance sport but like we will just be riding it was supposed to be an easy ride this happened every time egos doesn't exist and then and then all of a sudden without any warning they just start hammering it for like two minutes i'm like why are we why are we going 35 miles per hour right now because because we can so, I don't understand. I was actually, like, this was supposed to be an easy ride. Yeah, that's, oh man. I, it's funny because long course pros or a lot of pros don't want to ride with age group athletes, myself included sometimes, because that's what they would think is like, oh, you're pros, we're going to hammer the whole time. But really, it, usually the pros don't do easy. that as much. I yeah. ride. I mean, easy. all the guys I rode with, they weren't, there was one professional cyclist in there, but all other than that, it was all just guys that had picked up cycling during quarantine. So it was his fault. And they, they got on Strava. Oh, yeah, they cyclists. were trying. There's no easy rides if you're just a cyclist. Yeah, that's no, no. They were they were going for the what is it? K O M Q O M. I don't know. Oh, yeah, on Strava, yeah. I was like, guys, let's not. <laughs> give me a warning next time. Yeah, at least yeah. The, at least give me a warning so I'm mentally prepared a minute in advance. So yeah, yeah. a lot of runners when they come over to triathlon, they are like taken aback by the volume that's required to train. And just by the little bit of research that I did over YouTube, it seems like you're doing it smart. Like you're at like 10, 12 hours right now, but how that's still a lot for a runner. So how, how is that adjustment going? I'm honestly completely fine. I tell my coach, I'm like, I feel like I need to do more. And I think I'm very lucky because my job is basically creating content so I can it kind of all feeds into like my work basically I feel like I'm a professional triathlete without being a professional triathlete because I'm living like the lifestyle of one you're doing it better than most of us because you have a bigger following you're creating more content and that's basically yeah I guess I'm just like I'm a content creator that does triathlon but 
Yeah, I find like, I mean, I have plenty of time to recover. And I think the Chicago Marathon training last year, like I had already been doing two plus hour rides and brick runs after. So I feel like that really helped set it up. And I feel like I'm not overwhelmed at all. But I think once, because the swimming has been minimal, there's no pools really open here in Portland. And now the river's getting colder and the river's pretty gross. Uh, so I think yeah. once swimming gets thrown into the mix, that'll make it a little harder for me. There really still no pools open there, eh? Or no. not good hours? Wow. Not because of the ash and the soot coming down. <laughs> well, okay, that's done now, I think, no. I hope. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I don't think we're in phase two yet. I think that's the one that you have to be to open. Wow. I'm not really sure, but nothing's open in like the Portland County. I think there's a pool opening 35 minutes away, so I might be trekking down there a couple times a week yeah to go in the pool man. for sure oh man pool swimming is definitely a little more beneficial than only open water i've learned that as i just did my first pool swim in over six months today how'd it feel <laughs> actually surprisingly good i i think it's maybe because i was swimming in like 50 degree water for two weeks so mm. it was just nice to not freeze but yeah, I was back in California for a week when all the fires were happening in Portland and the air quality was so bad. I couldn't stay here. I couldn't even train inside. Um, and I swam in the pool for the first time since starting triathlon training since like a year and a half ago. So the first swim in the pool and I have never felt so out of shape in my life. I was like, I feel like I've been swimming multiple times a week in the river, but the pool swim really just stuck it to me, man. I was dying. <laughs> I was like, I need to get in the pool, but I'm not too worried about it. I hope. No, your first swim in years so yeah. don't worry <laughs> yeah um so only one last thing i was wondering have you thought about doing a race this year there are some races nothing probably in your area though so i was actually going to do a race in september it's the best in the west triathlon i think it's kind of it's like local to oregon or washington i don't even know but then it got canceled because of the fires so I actually was going to race. I was not confident in my racing abilities at all, but I was like, might as well. But now, like to the end of the year, I don't really see myself racing. I feel like the kind of shock to the system with the swim, I was like, whoa, I feel like I'm not ready. Um, I don't know. Unless something like, unless my coach proposes something to me about a race, I don't know if I'm going to. So we should just message your coach and be like, hey. Yeah, I wish we come to this. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to racing, but I also like, I don't have a TT bike. I, I can just imagine myself doing a transition right now and how, how sloppy it would be. I haven't make done a transition sure, since I was 10. Make sure you have that bucket of water to rinse your feet. Make sure you've got a change of clothes for every Shut single up. event. Up, make man. sure you put a big balloon next to your bike so you know where it is in transition. Oh yeah, 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 are, yeah. Those are the best tips you should have. Definitely. That, I remember that from my youth days, the balloon. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, there is this little race happening in Florida. It's called the Daytona. Uh, oh, my gosh. That's the one I wanted to do. That's, that has been the number one race I've wanted to do. That's kind of what inspired all of this. I watched, gosh, I don't know whose video it was. Lionel Sanders, I think. I think it was oh, his video. It might have been Talbot's video, but... I watched those highlights and I was like, wow, like this is my style of racing. I want to do this. And I feel like that actually really helped inspire this journey of triathlon and getting into it because I want to do that race. I just don't know if it's like feasible for me to do it this year. Yeah, I think they have sprint Olympic and 70.3. Yeah, basically everything. Yeah. Oh, it's just traveling to Florida though. It's far. And I don't have a TT bike. I don't know. I'll yeah, decide. 
do your first race. You do have one of the classic like Cervelo Aero bikes. Yeah, but it's just I feel like it's an old clunker. It's from like 06. It's old. You need to race on that though, because once you finally get yourself on a rig that you're like, oh, this is a sexy old mofo, like you're gonna be like a new person. Like you're gonna have you're gonna go from a probably 40 wadding. You know, when it's like putting racing stripes on your car, you get like 35 horsepower immediately. So <laughs> Okay, maybe I will. Fine. You convinced Where? me. <laughs> oh, that was hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was what? really easy. I get really, I'm impulsive and I get easily persuaded. Maybe I will race this year. Okay, now cool. I'm like excited to race. You are. Oh, I have to decide. I don't you know. I'll talk to my coach. That would be like Whoa. so much content. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't get me. I'm already hyped. I'm going to go watch the video after this. <laughs> Give me a drone for you out there. So oh, this year, you. you've heard about this year's no, Daytona, what's happening? Right? Keep me updated. I had given up on racing well, it because I thought I wasn't in shape, but we'll see. It's for pros. It's the PTO championship. So it's the top 40 ranked, the top, basically the top 55 male and female pros in the world are going to be racing it uh, half distance or just less. So it's basically a world championship oh gosh, this year. Stop. You're like making me way too excited. I don't even know if I can do this. <gasps> okay. I'll look into it. No, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Um, but yeah, I'll be there. Um, we're hoping that Nick gets the old, the old wild card slot too, but apparently they're not giving those out to, uh, that's to about well, a 1% so we'll or that's going to happen. I believe, I believe we're <laughs> manifesting it. Okay. Yeah. You believe it. You can <laughs> dream it and do it. Yep. <laughs> if it sure. ships, it fits. Awesome. Well, what are you even saying? <laughs> just the best. I think we've run out of things phrases. to say here. <laughs> yeah, that works. You've heard that old jingle, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking to us. Before you go, I want to ask you one question that has been polarizing the running community lately. Oh, no. Tempo next percent. Yes or no? Yes. I just did a video on this yesterday, or Saturday. I love them. Okay. Pros. They are almost like the Alpha Flies, but they're enough, like, I don't know. They're, you, they they're feel stiff. different enough that it's you can feel that they're for training not for racing um i just love the it i don't know the way it makes my legs feel like it, it definitely gives you more pep in your step than like my normal pegs or whatever and i feel like my joints hurt less when i when i run in them than other shoes the one con i had though was that it they squeak when you run they squeak a lot really? you can you can hear it um did you hear that Minor zero squeak. I, I what? I've heard from multiple people that you can that <laughs> you can hear it squeaking. And I heard it squeaking yesterday on my run. So I'll, you know, I'll give it another try. I was kidding, Jackus. <laughs> Do you like them? Are you a fan? Um, I ran on them as a warm up. Hated them. And then I walked around for like ten steps, and I was like, "This is this sounds terrible." I can hear like it sounds like I have high heels on when I'm walking in these things. And then I did a a hard brick workout, and I. I went 1K off the bike four times. So I went through the Tempo, Alpha Fly, the Saucony Endorphin Pro, the Next Percent, and then the Alpha Fly. And I pretty much found out that the Next Percent, Vapor Fly, and the Alpha Fly were just as fast. But I think I felt better on the Alpha just because it felt like when I hit the ground midfoot, it was already in perfect position to launch. Perfect yeah. position. The Alpha Flies are an amazing shoe. I don't know how it's going to get any better than that, but I'm excited because I'm sure it will somehow. Uh, little little jets that every time you lift, <laughs> it'll psh, 
pop you up there. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, just little <laughs> robots propul- propulsing me. Yeah. It's legal. No one has a rule against it. <laughs> hey, there we go. Innovation. Heelys. Nike Heelys. When you just run oh. fast enough and then you've got a heel engaged with a wheel and you slide downhill. I like Those that. Those actually already exist. I don't know if they'd be good for running, the burning portion though. All right, Nike, if you're listening to this, we have a new idea to propose to you. <laughs> yeah, the, the wheels, man. You're just rollerblades. I think someone probably still owns a patent on the Heelys. Yeah. <laughs> and in every arena in the world. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Emma. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a fun little conversation. Loved it. I'll have to have thanks. you on again sometime. Yeah, this will be a follow-up for sure because like every three months it'll be like, yeah, I got another 80 watts of my FTP. And- oh. <laughs> yeah, if I... Oh, I can't even imagine. We'll see. I don't know. I'm excited. I feel like such a noob. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, whenever you do race, you let us know and come back on. Like, make sure you tell us so we can. I want to hear all the the dirt on this thing. All right, well, you guys we'll will be the first to know. So we'll we'll see. We'll uh, we'll, we'll do a live interview post race in Daytona. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh! Stop! I forgot about it for five seconds. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll pencil it into my schedule really December quick. December sixth. December 6th. All we'll, right. send you, we'll send you the link to sign up immediately. Oh, gosh. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Emma, for joining us on the podcast this week. We can't wait to interview you live after your first comeback triathlon at Daytona this year. For everybody listening, we will see you next week, next Wednesday. Tune in. We have a great episode. We got the CEO of Form Goggles. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're on it all. Until next time, peace out. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise. On a one-man mission trying to see it through.